Hello, everybody, and welcome to One Question with Pastor Adam. And I am Adam, and this is One Question. And I am pastor to believers and doubters, to unfaithful Christians and to faithful atheists. And Jesus was not afraid of questions, and neither are we here at One Question with Pastor Adam. So we're going to go over the questions. And we've got a question today that sort of stems from last week when we did the mailbag episode. That was so much fun. Uh, and it's uh, also stems from a recent experience that I had a couple of weeks ago with two dear friends of mine. Uh, who wanted to get married, uh, two women in their 70s, just adorable, found love in their 70s, uh, and same-sex wedding, the joy of a same-sex wedding. Can I get an amen in the chat section? Hi, Emily and Melanie, good to see you. Hello. Oh, Melanie, I'm so glad you are awake. Here we go. So, uh, uh, hi, Annalie, good to see you. And uh, friends, uh, we are live here on Facebook, on the Pastor Adam Facebook page, on and on the Clackamas United Church of Christ Facebook page every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific. And if you are listening on uh, the podcast, on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast, special shout out to you. Thank you for being here. And uh, friends, uh, hi, Michael. Good to see you. Lita, good to see you. And uh, Anthony, good afternoon, morning, everybody. I just finished work, but it's good to hear you all. Anthony, welcome. I'm glad you finished work. I hope that feels good uh, to to shake the work off. Uh, work is good, and uh, it's good to shake it off. So, uh, Anthony, good to see you. Thank you for being here. And okay, where are we? Oh, I've got just a couple of announcements uh, to make. Uh, Tomorrow and the next day, I'm going to be at a conference, a Zoom conference on two of my favorite things when it comes to theology, philosophy. Uh, one of them is open and relational theology, which has uh, helped me a lot understand to understand the uncontrolling nature of God. Ooh, ooh, how does that sit with you? God is in control, right, of everything. Every little thing, right? Otherwise, God wouldn't be God. Oh, well, uh, the first time that I struggled with this uh, was, well, probably not the first time, but one of my biggest times struggling with this idea was when I was a chaplain in a hospital. And whew, I wasn't expecting to tell you this story, uh, but, but a young family was walking across the street to be hit by a car running a red light and the young family, the children were killed by this car. The family, the, the parents survived um, and were in the hospital for like a month um, on life support. They ended up surviving. And it was the, you know, these, these are the times when you ask the big theological questions uh, and a God who is in control and, orchestrating that situation is not a God that I want to believe in. So I was struggling with this. I was writing an article at the time, uh, struggling with this for the Raven Foundation website. And I just came out and said, I can no longer believe in a God who is in control, who like orchestrates all of these things to happen. Uh, the reason that this happened is because somebody was messed up, not paying attention to what was going around them, driving a car way faster than they should have. God has nothing to do with that. 
kind of situation. Uh, if God is in there at all, it is suffering. It is it is in the suffering uh, that happens uh, in the community response around it, trying to lift this family up in love. That's that's the best that I can do in a theological response to that. So I, I just developed this. I, I resisted the idea that God could be ever be in control of something this horrific happening. Right. So then I, I wrote this thing and then I started hearing about this guy named Tom Ord, who was doing this thing called open and relational theology that was going against this idea that God is in control. Uh, so I highly recommend Tom's books, uh, Pluriform love is one of them. It's basically this idea that if God is love, love cannot is is not controlling, <laughs> but invitational, inviting us into something bigger. Uh, so that works for me right now. I love it. So I'm I'm going to be at this conference about open and relational theology, uh, and about God. God's love, uh, uncontrolling love. Uh, and <laughs> if that's a good way to put it, I think it is. I like that. And I'm going to be on a panel with Jonathan Foster. Uh, we've had Jonathan on before. You might remember him. Jonathan wrote the book, uh, Theology of Consent. Uh, and so this is, is along the idea that God does not control, uh, but uh, uh, gives us uh, is invitational and gives us the opportunity to uh, consent to the divine plan, the kingdom or kingdom of God that Jesus talks about, the realm of God, the beloved community uh, that uh, Martin Luther King Jr. talked about. So I'm going to be doing that. Uh, tomorrow is the start of the conference. My part is on Saturday. Looking forward to that. And then next week, I've got Gareth Higgins here in the Portland area. Uh, Gareth wrote a book, How Not to Be Afraid. I interviewed Gareth about a year ago, two years ago. I don't remember. Seven Ways to Live When Everything Seems Terrifying. So that's going to be next week on Thursday at seven o'clock Pacific. We're going to try to live stream that event from the church. So uh, just be on the lookout this next week. Uh, if you want to sign up for the Clackamas UCC uh, email list, you can find the Zoom link for that. I hope, I hope this is our plan. <laughs> so, but Gareth is just fantastic from Northern Ireland has done a lot of work on, uh, you know, peace building in Northern Ireland. And so, uh, that, that that's free open to, uh, anybody who wants to join us. Uh, and then Saturday, if you're in the Portland area, Gareth and singer songwriter, David Wilcox will be at the church doing, uh, doing a, an event called medicine stories, uh, bringing music and storytelling together um, for medicine of the human spirit. That's good. I could use some medicine for, for my spirit. I don't know about you. That's going to be a, a, a long day, all day event. So if you live in the Portland area, you can, uh, you can come check that out. Uh, you can, uh, if you're interested, you can uh, email me and I will send you the link where you can sign up uh, here in the Portland area. So, okay. So what, what are we talking about today? Let's go. Come on. What are we talking about today? So uh, as I mentioned last week, we did the mailbag episode and somebody came on and said, uh, why does this church support things that are not biblical? Ooh, I was like, I don't know what you mean by that. Whatever could you mean by that with the rainbow flag, me wearing the rainbow shirt and the rainbow flag in the background, right? <laughs> what could you mean by that? Oh, that's awesome. So uh, I'm going to tell you a little story. 
a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago, actually, I was contacted by a dear friend of mine who uh, asked me what I was doing on January 27th or something, some Saturday in January. And I was like, uh, I don't know, hanging out. Uh, <laughs> what I do on Saturdays, prepare for Sunday morning. Uh, this Saturday, I had a funeral uh, to do. And it ends up that my friend contacted me and was like, hey, uh, what are you doing on that Saturday afternoon? Because I want to get married. And I was like, okay, let's do that. Uh, and she wanted to get married to her partner of many years. Uh, and they both happened to be women. And I was like, this is fantastic. I love these two women. Uh, they are wonderful, amazing human beings. And met with them uh, over lunch, just really enjoyed the way they interacted with each other, the kindness that they showed to each other and to me. Uh, it was just, they're just adorable. They're in their 70s, found love late later in life. Uh, and it's cute. It's awesome. I love it. So I'm doing, before, before I do the wedding, between the funeral and the wedding, the funeral, by the way, was for a woman who lived in her like 94 long, good life. This was like, this was like my dream day as a pastor to help people, uh, mourn slash celebrate the life of a loved one, uh, who lived a good life. Uh, Oh, and then to celebrate these two women who fell in love in their seventies doesn't get any better than that on a Saturday. Come on. This is like what I live for. It's so good. So I ended up posting on my Instagram, uh, this message where I said, this is what I love. This is why I love being a pastor. Uh, I get to do this thing in the morning, uh, helping people mourn and celebrate the life of a loved one who lived into her mid nineties. And then soon I will be celebrating the love between these two women, uh, bringing them into holy matrimony. And isn't this just like the best <laughs> now, some people say that I post things like this, uh, in order to troll other Christians who believe things differently than I do. I don't. That's just a byproduct. I post these things because I believe in them. I believe that these two women, I know that these two women who are celebrating their love for each other in this commitment to each other is a God-given love between them. And it's something to celebrate. And I, as I was officiating this wedding, there were like, they wanted it to be small. Uh, so there were like five people in the sanctuary at the time as they are like walking down. My eyes start to water and I'm like, this is amazing. This is, this is why I do what I do uh, for moments like this. It's partly because it's, it's a wedding and you celebrate love. And it's also, I had this moment where I was like, I am so grateful to be at a church where we do this, where we know that love knows no boundaries, that love is love, that two women who fall in love late in life 
are blessed by God, and we say amen to that. Yes. <laughs> oh, and they like they chose uh, for their postlude as they walked out of the sanctuary. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. I mean, come on, that is adorable. Let's go, ladies. Come on. <laughs> So I posted that uh, that on my Instagram and uh, got some likes and, and then it started getting some traction, got started getting shared apparently by some folks. And then, you know, the Christians who believe things slightly differently than I do started coming on and started saying, how dare you? Uh, this isn't a marriage. This goes against everything that the Bible says about God, blah, 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 marriage between a man, one man and one woman, blah, blah, blah. You know all the things. I've done episodes before in previous season, uh, seasons of one question uh, going through the clobber texts of, uh, of the Bible that people often use in reference to being against our LGBTQIA two plus siblings. And uh, if you want to go check those out, you can. Uh, but today, today I want to bask in the glory of same sex love. It is just, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It, and uh, I am not uh, gay. Sometimes people assume that I am because I speak about it uh, so much. I'm an ally. Uh, and if you want like a really great book, uh, I highly recommend, we've talked about this one before, Where True Love Is, an affirming devotional for LGBTQIA plus Christians and their allies by Suzanne DeWitt Hall. Um, uh and also the website or the, yeah, the website and the Facebook page, they do such great work at where true love is highly recommend it. Uh, goes through all kinds of wonderful, uh, things in the Bible about, about this topic. Uh, one of them is that I haven't talked about before, but is worth talking about. Uh, I've talked about before in that previous episode, I talked about how the Bible isn't talking about uh, homosexuality as we understand homosexuality. Uh, it's not talk. It's never talking about two men or two women living in a same sex consensual committed relationship. It's always only talking about, uh, uh, either trigger warning. Uh, the Sodom and Gomorrah story is not about two men or two women living in a same sex committed consensual relationship. That's what, that's how we talk about homosexuality today. The Sodom and Gomorrah story is nothing like that. Uh, it is about um, uh, non-consensual uh, sex. It's about rape. That's what it's about. Um, and, and that kind of abusive relationship is what the Bible uh, has in mind when it comes to same-sex activities. I do not call what the Bible is talking about homosexual activity. A lot of people want to pigeonhole what the Bible talks about as homosexual activity. It is not. It is that story of Sodom and Gomorrah is not about homosexual activity. It is much more akin to prison rape. It's much more akin to who owns this town. And the way that you uh, in the story know that you own the town is by shaming 
other people who come into the town who you might think might be a little uppity. Uh, that's that's what the Bible, that's the kind of same-sex activity that the Bible is talking about. And when these men want to go and shame uh, these other angels or men, uh, what are they going to do afterwards? They're going to go back home to their wives and do whatever they do. <laughs> this is not about uh, consensual, loving, same-sex committed relationships. Bible doesn't have that in mind. Nobody in the Bible is like, uh, hey, uh, uh, Adam and Steve want to be together. <laughs> uh, and uh, what do we do about that? That question never comes up in the Bible because the Bible never has that kind of relationship in mind. Uh, Adam and Steve want to be together. Uh, they want to get married. Uh, what do we do? That question is never, never brings, never brought up. Uh, there are some other people who look to first Corinthians six, nine, uh, and, uh, where this word arsenikoitai comes, comes in and it gets translated today as, uh, homosexual, uh, in some bad translations. Uh, it, uh, this is, this is a little, in the weeds. Do you mind going in the weeds with me just a little bit? So our Senekoitai in uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, written by Paul, Paul is saying these are the people who aren't going to enter the kingdom of heaven. And uh, it brings up the word our Senekoitai. Uh, and uh, it gets translated in some translations as uh, homosexual. So it says the homosexual won't enter the kingdom of God. But that's, a, that's not, that, that translation only comes in in the 1950s. Uh, as homosexual before it's all kinds of different words. Uh, so Christians will say, uh, well, some, uh, the, the homophobic understanding of this passage will say that our comes from two words, arson meaning man and koitai meaning bed. So it's man better. So clearly it means men who have sex with men. That's all it can ever mean. And they will say, Paul got this from Leviticus, you know, the Leviticus passages that are used, uh, Leviticus 18 and what is it? 21, 22, something like that, where, uh, uh, in the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible, arson and koitai are put together where it talks about same sex activity. So they will say, there it is. Our Senekoitai is only ever talked about in same-sex activity uh, because that's how it's used in Leviticus. The problem with that argument, <laughs> that our Senekoitai is uh, only used uh, in same-sex activity and homosexuality, is that it's false. In fact, in the book of Judges and... In another book, I will bring it up. I can't remember what book it is. In the book of Judges, uh, arson and koitai are put together in uh, reference to men betting women. So arson and koitai is not only about same-sex activity. It is also about uh, opposite-sex activity. So there's something weird going on here. Uh, you can read more about that in uh, Kathy Baldock's book, In Included in Christ, I think, is what uh, her book is called. So, uh, this the Bible is not talking about uh, homosexuality as we talk about it today. Uh, and so, when it comes to same sex uh, activity, uh, homosexual activity uh, within uh, consent, within love, uh, compassion towards one another. Uh, just say amen. Let's go. Come on. Uh, 
it's it's uh, a lot of uh, uh, some Christians will say, oh, Adam, you're just uh, one of the criticisms that I got on that was uh, you are just trying to be like culture, like uh, TV shows that are um, open and affirming. And you're just bringing uh, people away from uh, biblical values and towards cultural values. You're a pastor of culture. You know what? You know what I say to that? Uh, the Holy Spirit is bigger than the church. The Holy Spirit, as we see in Jesus's ministry, and as we see working in the prophets, specifically the prophet Isaiah, read the prophet Isaiah. Maybe take that on as a spiritual practice. In Isaiah chapter, I think it's it's either chapter one or chapter two, Isaiah talks about Sodom and the sin of Sodom. Ezekiel makes this same move, by the way. Isaiah talks about uh, Sodom and the sins of Sodom and how awful Sodom was. You know what Isaiah never brings up? Sexual activity. It's just about the injustice that Sodom committed against the poor and the weak and the marginalized. Sodom's problem was not uh, same-sex loving committed consensual relationships. It was abuse of power in all kinds of different ways, political, economic, uh, religious. It's abuse of power is what the problem with Sodom and Gomorrah had. That's what Ezekiel says. I think it's in chapter 18. Ezekiel says this is the sin of Sodom and her daughters, Gomorrah, uh, was that they had uh, they fed themselves. They had all kinds of luxury, but they didn't care for the poor, the weak, the stranger among them. In fact, they abused the strangers among them in violent sexual ways. That's the sin of Sodom. Not homosexuality, but violent, abusive acts, including violent, abusive sex acts. So, uh, what what am I? I I, I want to talk about joy. Very early on in this year, one of my first episodes of this year was how do you hold on to your joy amidst all of this? Hold on to your joy by celebrating same sex love, same sex marriage. These two beautiful women in their 70s walking down the aisle have not given up on love right there's something that's like there's there's also something that's like there's something joyful about that and there's also something that's like there's like a swagger to it on this day there's like a there's like a a, a defiance there's like a there's there's like a we're in this and we're not going to let uh, other people define our love as toxic, uh, as wrong, as sinful, uh, because we know that God has given this to us. We know that this is a gift. This kind of love is a gift from God. There's joy in that, and there is swagger in that. There is a proclamation of, of joy right there. Uh, one, one of the other things that I wanted to mention is that, uh, I think that a lot of churches are moving in this direction in surprising ways, including, 
uh, dare I say, the Catholic Church. You you might have heard recently Pope Francis uh, talk about this uh, this topic, and he said that homosexuality, same sex relationships, should not be a crime. Well, that's a step in the right direction. Uh, uh, it's it's not far enough, but it's a step in the right direction. And the reason he said that is because it's natural. It's part of it's part of nature. I want to get it exactly right. Uh, maybe somebody could put it in the in the chat section what he said, but it'll just take me a second to uh, to find what what he says. Yeah. So he says being homosexual isn't a crime. It's human condition. It's a human condition. That's what he said, right? This is natural. So like this this opens the door. Now, I think that he will end up saying, I think he ends up saying it's like the act is still a sin or something like that, but it shouldn't be a crime. So he doesn't go nearly far enough. But but this is the uh, slope. Uh, what, what, is, what is the saying? Uh, there are some... there. You know, everybody thinks, oh, it's a slippery slope. What's what's going to happen next? It's so stupid. Uh, but uh, this is uh, a slope and not all slopes are slippery. How, uh, well, that was stupid. Why did I say that? <laughs> this is a beautiful slope. This is like you're sliding down the slide, sliding down the slide. You're going down the slide and this is joyful. It's fun. Just go down the slide. Uh, because this is the joy that God is giving us. Uh, this all this is a beautiful, wonderful slide of joy that Pope Francis is taking us on, and it's going to keep going. Uh, and uh, I am here for the ride because <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> when he says that homosexuality is uh, not a crime, that it is. Um, That it is, what did he say again? Good Lord. Uh, okay. So he says it's not a, it's not a crime. Roller coaster. Yes, Joshua. This is a roller coaster of love. You're, yeah, and that's what love is, right? It's ups and downs. Uh, this is all part of life. Ups and downs. Good times, bad times. We're all in it together. So Pope Francis says this is the human condition. That's what he said. It's just part of the human condition. So when Paul says in Romans that there were some people who uh, were worshiping idols and God gave them up to what was unnatural uh, and these same-sex acts, uh, what he is, what Paul is assuming here is that these uh, this these acts of idolatry. In ancient Rome, one of the things that you would have was uh, uh, cultic sex acts. Uh, sometimes they were committed by men and women, sometimes women and women, sometimes men and men. Uh, and uh, uh, Paul here is assuming that these same sex acts at uh, at these with made it idolatry. They were at temples. And what made it unnatural was that Paul is assuming that these men who are having sex with men uh, are going back home to their wives, uh, doing something that's unnatural for them. Yeah, that might have been unnatural for them. But here, Pope Francis is saying there is a naturalness to homosexuality. And if that's the case, 
if there are some people who are born this way, then nature should tell us that this is part of God's beautiful creation, God's diversity of creation. And if God has created the world to be this way, and it is not good for man to be alone, as Genesis tells us, then God has created the world in such a way where there are some of us who are naturally, thank you, Paul, there are some of us who are naturally uh, heterosexual, like myself, and there are some of us who are naturally homosexual and want to be in same-sex committed loving relationships because that is how they naturally are, right? That's what Pope Francis is, is getting at here. And uh, to say that those acts that come from, uh, that come from nature of same-sex committed loving relationships uh, are inherently sinful is to go against a, uh, a, a theology of creation where God says, this is good, right? The homosexual uh, uh, sexuality uh, is good because it is part of God's good creation. It is part of how people, uh, as as Paul will say in 1 Corinthians 7, uh, that that sex is um is is it's not something you should deprive yourself or your partner of. Paul here is thinking of opposite sex relationships, because that's all Paul has in mind. But uh once you start understanding that once your mind expands and you start seeing that as Pope Francis has seen that, uh, that same sex activity is just part of nature. <laughs> this is where it's going. This is where it's going to lead you. Now, uh, some folks, uh, who disagree with me will say, well, what if it's just part of somebody's nature to be, uh, what if, what if their, uh, parents were, uh, alcoholics and, they uh, were born with a predisposition to alcoholism, and that's just part of their nature. Should, so should they just indulge in it? This whole thing about like comparing same-sex mutual loving relationships uh, with dis- with things that are destructive uh, just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, what if some of us are just born to be murderers? Uh, should you just live that out? That comparison to me is what what would you uh, an abomination? S- comparing same sex loving relationships uh, out of nature with uh, somebody who might have a a desire to uh, be destructive to cause harm to other people uh, is an abomination. <laughs> you shouldn't. It's a horrible argument. It's a horrible argument. So, uh, so I am holding on to my joy today of what happened two, three weeks ago with these two women who, who are now living together in wonderful, beautiful, holy matrimony. Yes. Oh, Todd says, judge not love God and love each other unconditionally. I love it, Todd. Thank you. Uh, and Anali, I'm queer and I am here. Say it loud and proud. Woo. 
I wish Jessica says, I wish uh, I'd had a choice just so I could pick still being queer. Oh, Jessica, I love you. You're amazing. Uh, and uh, I love all of you. Joshua says all of their irresponsible comparing and contrasting behavior is a reflection of their lack of boundaries. That That's good. That's good. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah, Jessica, thank you for this. And there are some of us who are naturally bi, pan, queer, uh, et cetera. Yes, yes, all yes. Thank you for that. Uh, Joshua, I support educating people on diverse topics. Most of the time, the masses have no idea why they push back on what they do like that. That's good. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I, uh, Annalise says, I feel joy listening to Pastor Adam and his fact to the point uh, difference of the love message of Christianity, and I am joyful. I've found this community. I am joyful too. Like a ski slope, Jeff. Yes, that's another excellent one. Yes, yes. God created the ski slope, right? There's some, God created the slope, and uh, it's fun to go down the skis, the roller coaster. Love it, love it. Uh, Luke says the Vatican is guilty of Sodom and Gomorrah sins towards children. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes, Jessica, this is the point. Just like being straight is a human condition and our human condition is loved by God. Amen. Thank you. Yes. Greetings, princess. Uh, yes. Uh, Pope Francis is a friendlier face to a just as corrupt, just as violent institution. Luke, yes, thank you for that. Uh, hopefully, Pope Francis is doing some some good good work in there uh, that we're not able to see, and some of it that uh, that we are seeing. I mean, uh, that the well, that one faction of the Catholic Church uh, of the bishops and stuff just hate this man. Um, is is a is a good sign that he is causing some good trouble there so uh yes uh joshua the sin of sodom and gomorrah was sexual assault uh yeah and the prophets tell us that it's like it went uh, th that's it that's it uh that it also goes went into other areas of their lives assaulting uh in other ways economic assault uh political assault um spiritual psycho social uh they didn't care for the vulnerable. Um, there, that's also like an assault, right? Like uh, 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 making, setting up, whether consciously or unconsciously, a cultural system where there are some people who don't get fed, who don't have shelter. That is the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. That is an assault on the divine image in our fellow human beings. So any culture, any nation, including the United States, that has systems built into it where some people live on the street, where some people are forced to uh, go without food, where children are uh, forced to go without food. I mean... Where human beings are for, are don't have enough food to eat for whatever reason, uh, that is that is a nation that is Sodom and Gomorrah, right there. Uh, especially in the United States, where we have enough resources to house everybody to ensure that everybody can be housed. 
everybody can have enough food to eat. We are Sodom and Gomorrah right here. Right here. Uh, Melanie says, how dare you try to be part of the woke mob, Adam? (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, they always will. It's up to us to stay educated and aware of their hate. Yes, yes. Uh, it's good stuff. Tree, I am here to follow you into the woods. Let's go. Here we are in the woods. Um, yes. Uh, thank you. Yeah, that uh, we went, went in the woods a little bit there for for that was fun though. I I enjoyed uh, a little stroll in the woods. So, uh, yeah, Sodom and Gomorrah was unwelcoming. That's that's the point. Um, so, uh, you know, they're, yeah, uh, that's good. That's good. So, um, that's, that's what I got for you today. Uh, hope you are continuing to be able to hold on to your joy. It's hard sometimes it's hard. Uh, and, uh, life, life can just be really difficult sometimes. And, uh, if there are ways that we can hold on to our joy in the midst of it, I think that we are, we're, we're doing a good job and I know it's hard. I know it's hard, but, um, as Jeff was saying, and as Joshua was saying, uh, enjoy the roller coaster, enjoy the, the, the ski slope, enjoy the slopes, (laughs) uh, know that there are, here's where, here's where we can find some joy. Know that there are 70 year old women who are celebrating the love that they have for each other, being blessed by God and the love that they have for each other. There's joy. There's joy in that. Happy, happy, joy, joy, princess. Yes, a little uh, 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 um, look back to the 90s with Ren and Stimpy. That's awesome. So awesome. Well, uh, everybody, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Again, I was helped today by uh, where true love is. And um, excellent book excellent Facebook page. So highly recommend it if you're interested in more on this. Also, uh, the work of Matthew Vines uh, and Brandon Robertson uh, has done really great work on this too. Um, uh, Changing Our Minds by Changing Our Mind by Evangelical Ethicist David Gushy is also fantastic book on this. Uh, I, I like... I. Hmm. I like to recommend all of those books because uh, they're all great. So <laughs> David Gushy is also very interesting because he uh, he was uh, against these ideas that I'm giving to you now. Uh, and then he changed his mind. Uh, he was one of the biggest, most important evangelical ethicists going to the Bible, taking it uh, literally as the word of God. And I think he still does. And he has uh, had his mind changed, mind opened to seeing things uh, radically different. So if you're interested in somebody who has gone on that journey, David Gushy's book, Changing Our Mind, is fantastic. Uh, I think it's on its second edition. uh, And he has a, uh, in the second edition, he has a section at the end of the book where he responds to his critics. And he's like, no, uh, you're all wrong. Ah, uh, I love it. I love it. That that kind of swagger. Uh, it's awesome. So, anyway, uh friends, 
uh yeah the ren and stimpy reference was was fantastic and uh yeah thank you joshua happy valentine's day everybody be careful of your chocolate intake think about celebrating love along with your chocolates yes it's good thank you everybody for being here and uh if you are listening on uh itunes or wherever you listen to your podcast thank you for being here too and uh if you are listening on itunes uh or if you are on itunes and you can leave me a review there that would be so awesome i would be so grateful thank you for that um also there's a little bit of announcement i was going to make at the beginning but i am uh going to be uh you're hearing it here first you ready for this oh i'm, I'm gonna say that this has been six months in the making and maybe nine months in the making i don't know i uh if you want more pastor adam content I am going to be publicizing my new website, uh, adamerickson.org. Uh, and so be on the lookout for that. You can find it now. It's, uh, it's out there. Uh, you can go find it. You can look at it. It's got some more writings of mine on it. Uh, some more progressive Christianity if you're, if you're looking for more stuff. So adamerickson.org. I've got some deep dives into uh, matters, uh, LGBTQ, also Christian nationalism and, uh, my, how I have grown to interpret the Bible, uh, and, uh, some deep dives into those also some, some just shorter articles on, um, why this pastor supports Satanism. That's a fun one. <laughs> Again, not trying to troll other Christians, just trying to say, uh, there are, Satanists uh, out there who are doing amazing, fantastic things, uh, including the great work of working for justice. And uh, it's being inclusive and wonderful, and it's awesome. And I have met Satanists, and I tell the story about how I met one in an Uber car and how it was very enlightening and awesome. So... <laughs> There you go. I didn't think I was going to talk about that, but uh, there you go. So adamerickson.org. So everybody, thank you for being here. Thank you for your comments. And uh, we will, I think we're going to do this again next week. Yeah, next week is pretty busy, but I think we'll be back next week, Thursday at 11 o'clock Pacific. Um, and so uh, thank you for that. Uh, and hope you have a great rest of your day. And uh, until next week, friends, God be with you. Take care. <laughs>